Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Zainab. We're the hosts of the podcast, Tales from the Amygdala, where we talk about the bizarre and sometimes comical situations our anxiety can get us into, all while navigating a life abroad. We discuss everything from our anxious childhood to lead paint samples, dating, pet peeves, and that sometimes having anxiety is appropriate. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Tales from the Amygdala. Oh, should I bring my vitamin well water? Mm, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, or I can go back. Cool. I feel very professional right now. I feel so professional. It's very fake it till you make it. And we've <laughs> this made is it. very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Oh my gosh, Meredith. Hey. Hey. Do you think in like like years we'll like look back at this and be like, this is where it all started. This is where it all began. <laughs> like when we're on stage. So. But yeah. Hi. Hey. Should we introduce ourselves? Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm Meredith. Mm-hmm. Um, I am from the U.S., living in Stockholm, and this is Zainab. Hi, I'm Zainab, and I'm not from the U.S., even though I sound like I'm from the U.S., but I'm actually from Turkey. Been living in Stockholm since 2013. Yep. Uh, yeah, and you and moved I, here in 2014. Mm, yeah, so we've both been here a while, mm-hmm. um, and I guess we discovered each other a few years ago we met through a common friend yep and last year we were having drinks on a summer night and discovered that we're both really anxious really anxious (laughs) but actually the first night we met we realized we had this exact same parallel lives in a very creepy way Mm -hmm. like we moved to london at the same time Mm -hmm. like left home at the same time we were probably like move, then we moved to Stockholm around the around same the same time. time. I think yeah, just like one year. Like yeah, we've exactly had the parallel. We both lives. moved to London to study, yeah, right? For our masters mm-hmm. in media. You yeah, s- mm, you study journalism, music journalism, right? Yeah, yeah, it did. And then you had been to my hometown randomly yeah. in the U.S. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I actually had an ex-boyfriend from South Carolina, and the first night that Meredith and I met, she was like, "I'm from South Carolina." I was like, "Oh, I've been there." And, was and like, no one's ever been no there. No one's ever been there. I was like, why? <laughs> like in Stockholm, this Turkish woman has been to South Carolina. It was great. It was amazing. Yeah. And I think it really bonded us. And we both discovered we love the national. I yes. That was the second thing that we had in common. That was That's really very true. Yeah. Yes. And I think we talked about them that night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So really nice to meet you a few years ago, Meredith. Yeah. yeah. And then like our lives are very parallel. And then we ended up talking about anxiety which we both have which we both have yes Yes. when did you first discover you had anxiety yes this is what I thought we could talk about today and that's a really good question Mm. I've had it for sure since I was like three or four okay but Mm -hmm. I don't think like I had the existential adult realization that like I have anxiety um no, actually, that's a, I think now that I was like, this is what we should talk about. And now I'm like, oh, mm. I, I don't even know the answer. <laughs> Probably when I was like nine or 10. Mm. But then I thought it was something that you would just fix. It was like having arthritis yeah. or not even like it was like having um, appendicitis and mm. you would go and get it fixed and then it would mm. like go away. Mm. And I think it was until I was like in high school, college that I was like, oh, 
you just have it always. Mm. And like, you know, mm. that took like a long time. But my parents were super in tuned. I don't know why, but they realized I was having like OCD when I was really little. Okay. Like three, mm. four. Mm. And I'd forgotten about it. My mom reminded me the other day that mm. I would like the things I that I used to do like mm. obsessively mm. and they caught it. And they were like, you know, like you're, we're taking you to like a child psychologist. And so they caught it super quickly. Okay. I would probably still have OCD, but I don't, I don't have any OCD anymore. I just have no. anxiety. I'm just anxiety. <laughs> yeah. That's really amazing that they caught it though. Like, I feel like that, I feel like you hear a lot of stories where people like don't really notice or they just think it's sort of a natural, like they're like, oh, kids obsessed about things and they'll cast things aside. Yeah. I think it's really cool that they were really on it and noticed. Yeah. And I don't know why neither of them had like professional medical backgrounds and neither of them had had it before. Mm, mm. And I thought I was doing it really sneakily. I remember my dad, like we went to the doctors one time and they were like, well, what is Meredith doing? And he like listed all these things. And I was like you know I do that? Like, I was like, what? I thought I was oh. so sneaky. <laughs> what were some, Do you want to share some of the things that you were When doing? I was really little, I made my mom, like, I never thought my mouth was wiped after, mm. like, I ate. I was like, no, you have to do it again. And she was like, no, oh. like, it's fine. And it was, like, enough times that she was yeah. like, this is weird. Mm. And I think I would straighten things. And I would, if I touched something with my right hand, I mm. had to, like, touch it with my left. Mm. Like, I had to, like, make it even. Mm. And I... I thought they were super quick, super small things that yeah. like nobody would notice. No. But my parents were like, "No, no, you're touching everything twice." And yeah. like, some people are, you know, they have to touch things like twenty times, and it's yeah. super obvious. Mm. But I thought I was being super sneaky, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, "No, yeah, no." But oh. that was great. But then they caught it, and then it yeah. just was like, it just. And now I don't have to do things obsessively. I just have like I just have anxiety. Anxiety. Mm. When did you first realize you had anxiety? Um, yeah, I was actually thinking about this as you were talking. Um, I guess I got diet, like I officially got diagnosed with it in 2015. Um, just cause I'd been feeling really unable to concentrate at work and I was always on high alert and I thought I was catastrophizing a lot. Mm -hmm. Like one tiny thing would happen and I'd be like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to like, I, I didn't send this email on time and then I'm going to get fired and then I'm going to be home. Like, yep. and then it would just spiral out of control. And I mean, usually I know people have thought experiments like that, but it was really affecting the way that I was feeling. So mm -hmm. I feel like it was really hard to concentrate. Like my heart was beating really fast all the time. Um, so I think I got diagnosed with it in 2015. But I think as you were talking about your childhood, I definitely had like not maybe so much obsessive stuff, but I was definitely had this catastrophic thinking. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like as a child, like when I was like four or five and we were living in Switzerland at the time um, with my dad's job and I would go into my parents' bedroom just to check that they were breathing. Oh no. <laughs> Wait, how old were you? I think it was five or six. <gasps> That's literally the exact opposite. Like they're supposed to come in and check on you. <laughs> like, they were just happily sleeping away. <laughs> And I would just stand over their beds like some sort of like creepy like horror <gasps> child film thing. And I would just oh, stare at no. them and then I'd be like, okay, okay, they're breathing. I'm fine. Um, and I remember like I had this constant fear of being like left at school. And I think this mm. started because my mom, I think my 
cousin or my aunt was visiting and they had an accident where my mom was babysitting my cousin. They both fell down the stairs and my mom tore like a, like a tendon or oh, something no. in her knee. So they were really late to pick me up from pre-kindergarten. I actually mm-hmm. remember this day very clearly. I had a meltdown. Because oh, you were alone. Because I was alone and I was waiting with a teacher and nobody was coming to get me. And I really think that's like when the, the day my fear of abandonment like started. I can pinpoint mm-hmm. it because I think probably they were half an hour late to get me but to me it felt like I'd been left behind I could not stop crying Um, my mom told me later on that I didn't go to any birthday parties or anything for three months after because I was so yeah like I was so afraid of being left behind um and yeah, and I remember like from that day onwards, I would always be like, okay, like what's the bus route? How do I get home if nobody comes to pick me up? Like, so I was very obsessive about like being left behind and um, death. Yeah. <laughs> so like even as a child. No, but that's actually very yeah. parallel. I, my parents reminded me I'd forgotten there was a whole summer where I didn't want to play outside mm-hmm. like because I thought I was going to get kidnapped. Yeah. I think they had one of those like talks at school, like don't talk to strangers, but yeah. I always took it like way Wait. Way too seriously. <laughs> and my parents were like, go outside. And I was like, only within the shadow of the garage. Like, And I had just forgotten about yeah. it. And they were like, no, no, no. Yeah. You would not go outside. <laughs> and then that was another trip probably to the ch- – I was to the child psychologist because oh. they were like, she won't go outside. But that's so true. I was like – yeah. And I had no reason. Like, nah, I lived in, like, a super safe, super yeah. cute neighborhood. Like, Yeah, absolutely. And, like, my parents, for the most part, were very – my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Like, she'd always, always, like, be there to pick me up from school. Um, my dad would come home every night. Like, it was very stable, repetitive yeah. environments. But, like, after that one thing, I was like, nope, I'm not going to a birthday party. Because <laughs> while I'm eating cake, you're going to decide you're going to leave me there and never come back. <laughs> it's so <laughs> irrational. It's but this so- is, like – I know. This is, like – it is. This is what it starts, but I don't think I don't think my parents are as in tune as yours. Like they probably just I don't like not that they had bad intentions, but I just feel like they didn't like catch on that it was maybe something it would be nice to talk to someone about. They were yeah. like probably like she's gonna grow out of it. But yeah, I remember like that was kind of like when it like when I look back, that's how it started. And then I was always I think we've you and I have talked about this before in our parallel lives discussions, but in high school I was really high strung. Like <laughs> Like, studying all the time, really stressed about exams, like, and also very into rules. Like, yes. <laughs> like, we talk about this a lot. Like, I feel like it was very cool, you know, in movies and other classmates, like, to be, like, rebellious and, like, show up late and, like, all this stuff. And I was like, no. Like, I'm no. going to show up on time. I'm going to get really good grades. I'm going to submit my homework. Like, I would have meltdowns if I submitted things, like, a tiny bit late or, and like, yeah. I think we've discussed that neither of our parents – had this pressure on us. No. I mean, they were like, we hope you do well and like yeah. do your best. <laughs> but we act, I mean, I acted like if I didn't bring home straight A's, there'd be a problem. Yeah. But they were like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, yeah. And also, side note, I feel like they were really lucky. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like, like probably they wanted us to, like, maybe be – I remember my mom being like, I wish you could be a bit less strung out and be happier. Yeah. Like, well, that's nice, but I need to get good grades so I can go to a good university, so I can get a good master's, and I can get a good job. Like, da-da-da-da-da. Like, so I was like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. (laughs) My mom would be like, why don't you take a break? And I was like, are you insane? (laughs) Like, ha-ha-ha, no. (laughs) Yeah, why did we – I don't know. Yeah, I feel – but, yeah, this makes me feel very, like, 
close to you in this way because I feel like I meet a lot of people like who really enjoyed high school they really enjoyed college like they'd go out party a lot and I was always like oh like I was like I was missing out but not from any external pressure just the pressure I put on myself exactly internal internal and like when people are like oh I had an amazing time in college like best years of my life I'm like no (laughs) like I was in the library all the time yeah (laughs) I, I definitely knew that I had to keep up like the grades like yeah. if I could if I could have a good time in between that was great but yeah. but like that was not gonna come at the consequence of no or yeah. at the expense of my grades yeah yeah and I was like I need my brain cells like I can't drink alcohol yeah. I need them to get good grades <laughs> so I can get a good job so I can get like a good life <laughs> and I don't think in any job interview they've ever been like what was your GPA yeah how many no. AP classes did you take? No one cares. No one cares. I am really miffed about that, actually. Like, I just feel like they need to ask, Like, even though I'm 33 now and it's been, like, a solid 10 years since I graduated from university, like, I would really appreciate if they asked for my GPA because I worked really right? hard on that. It took me a long time before I took it off, my resume. Because I was like, God damn it. Like, it's, like, I worked really hard for this. Yeah. I'm, like, I just want to submit my transcript, like, willy-nilly to I know. I know. I had like cum laude on there for a long time, and I was like, no one cares. No one cares. It was a joke. Yeah. Especially in Sweden, like having moved to Sweden. I mean, I got a job here definitely based on like what I'd studied in my master's and skills, but like not a lot of places know the schools that I've been to that I've like worked Mm. really hard for. So if it's not like an amazing school in Sweden, they're like, that's nice. Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Mm -mm. I I feel like, um, who's that guy in The Office? Like Andy, was it? Or did you watch The Office at all? Yeah, I did. But why can't I think of He's the one that went to like uh, Cornell or Yale. And he was in the acapella choir. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he always like talks about it. Yes. When I was at Cornell or whatever school. And like, I feel like that too. I'm like, oh, well, I went to McGillie University and like nobody knows about this like amazing university in Canada but in Sweden also nobody cares (laughs) I know I just feel like we should like I want to talk to my 16 year old self and be like no one just don't worry about it right what would you say yeah I feel like there's so many things I would want to say to like 16 year old us. <laughs> I would say so many things I would say I I can confidently say that like 18 year old me wouldn't recognize me at all Mm. she would be like what have you done like you have ruined it all it's all over but no oh yeah maybe that should be a whole episode like what would you say definitely because actually there's a lot of things i would say yes let's like go have a beer it's fine like that's probably what i would say right like go socialize like it's okay like Mm -hmm. it's okay if you like (laughs) Take a break from homework for like a day. Yes. No, that should be an episode. I'm going to write that down actually. Have I told you my favorite rule follower story from when I was like nine? No. I think I I think I have told you. I just think it's really funny now. Like when they had that talk about like um, don't talk to strangers, they had this thing about like how you should have a, a password or like a family word. Okay. Have I told you this? No. So like you were like it, they always said like if your uncle comes to pick you up, but like usually your uncle never comes, like your parents should tell your uncle the code word okay that means mm-hmm. like mom really did tell him to come pick you up yeah does that make sense yeah that yeah. makes sense so one Smart. day like super randomly my dad's secretary came and literally 
She's never come to pick like, ever, and she never did again. It was really random. Mm. And she said all the things that they say that the kidnapper will say, like, my dad, no, your dad called and said that, like, he couldn't come. So, you like, you have to come home with me, and then he's going to come get you, and I wouldn't get in the car. I kept being like, <laughs> what's the password? And she was like, I don't know, Meredith. Just, like, get in the car. But there were no cell phones. No. I was, like, nine. You were being smart. I, I mean, think you were being smart. And I was so mad at my dad that night because yeah. I was like you didn't tell her the, the password. password he had no idea what I was talking no. about like I think we had decided on the password one day at dinner and he yeah. had just promptly forgot, forgot. Like, <laughs> he just was like now Meredith feels better it's fine we have a password yeah. I mean I was really angry at him because yeah. I was really torn I was like all the grown-ups say There's this is what's gonna happen yes. it'll be a trusty person that I know yes. telling me to get in the car I mean obviously it was fine no but, I was very angry. but if you think about it from her perspective <laughs> And she was so annoyed. <laughs> She's like this person, like what, like in her like mid forties, probably has kids of her own, has had a long day at work, and she like, doesn't want to be picking me up. She doesn't want to be picking you up in the first place. No. But like you're her boss's kid, and like she's showing up to school, <laughs> and there's this like child that's like, what's the password? <laughs> I would have been car. so annoyed. Yeah. I would have been like, get in the car. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. Oh, but I feel like lately it's been. Maybe this is a little off topic, but I feel, and this is another thing you and I talk about a lot, but like a whole like, okay, oh my gosh, like you're like, we realize we're so old when like dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's one of the things that I realize now is like, I start looking at things from like the adult perspective. Yeah. Um, like, what, like, what was this? Like, what, like your dad's uh, like employee thinking or like in movies or in TV shows now, like I totally side with the parents. Like, I do. I, <laughs> like, like in Gossip Girl, I'm like, why don't these kids have homework? Like, why are yeah. they gossiping all the time? Like, what are they, like, or, yeah, like, I feel like we've talked about different shows and movies yeah. and, like, young people these days. Yeah, well, the, like, the, the main character will have a young, like, teenager yeah. kid, and in the past I would have been like, that teenager is so cool, and yeah. now I'm like, those parents are doing the best they can. They can. <laughs> and they're being, like, so annoying. Yeah, there was this, I don't know if you watched that, but, but there was this Norwegian TV show, Scam. Yeah. I didn't, but everybody okay. was watching it. So I was one of the people that was watching it, and I was so into it, and I was like, yes, like, you know, like channeling my inner teenage self and like living out my like past angst and all this stuff. But then at one point I was like, yeah, like don't these kids have studying to do? <laughs> like why are they texting each other all the time? It's like, so true. They're up yeah. to these shenanigans yeah. and they're like, I don't know, I've never watched it, but if it's anything like the OC, they're yeah. like, oh, we're planning the prom and it's going to take like, all my time. I'm like, when are you studying? When are you studying? Don't when you... did you go to high school? Yeah, like when, it, like, don't you want to get into a good university so you can have a good job where they never ask for your transcripts? <laughs> like, I know, we're very contradictory. Yeah. Probably when I have kids, I'll be like, you need to study and yeah. they'll be like, I listened to your podcast. Yeah. No, yeah, future children. <laughs> like, you said it didn't matter. Disclaimer, but yeah. Oh, oh, but in a way, like, do you think that I like to think that my, or at least what my therapists have told me in the past, like, like an like anxiety is actually a way of keeping you safe and like, and I feel like it's yes. like something that is useful to me sometimes as well. Like, um, yes, and I actually want to put on my CV that like my anxiety allows me to come up with like a billion different scenarios and solutions to those scenarios and like Absolutely. Uh, plan things all at the same time and be able to like see the like, not see the future but like really just like think things through. And yes. I feel like that's a strength. 
I mean, yeah. yes, I would say that I probably would have taken a lot more very dangerous, risky choices. For, mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, I think I really would have mm-hmm. if I hadn't had anxiety. I think it's kept me safe in a lot of situations. Yeah. Like, it's it's almost like that gut feeling they say you mm-hmm. should listen to, but mm-hmm. you have it, like, a bit more often. And you're yeah. like, you know what? I'm not going to go do this thing because no. I have anxiety about it. And yeah. it probably – and like you say, at work, I've been like, let's imagine all the different – um scenarios we should prepare for yeah and it's like 20 more than the other people yes. but i'm like these could all happen these could all happen <laughs> so we have to have a, a, a contingency plan yes yeah and when though like one of those things happens they're gonna be like oh good thing meredith planned for this as opposed to the other people who didn't think about it i think i'd rather i mean i this is like such an existential question like would you rather have a life without anxiety but like i think i do i think i think i enjoy it like i think it's actually a superpower sometimes where you're yeah. like i've thought of everything I've literally thought of everything and yeah. Um, yeah, act yeah, me too. I really feel that way sometimes. And like definitely it's also prevented me from doing a lot of like silly things. Like That's true. But that's when you're like, okay, well let's get this in check. Yeah. It's and gone like, too far. Yeah. But like I remember like one of the reasons I didn't do pot and stuff in college was not because it was like a moral thing or I was afraid or anything, but it was literally like I need my brain cells. <laughs> like, I need... Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, I literally can't get any dumber. I need this. <laughs> for the schools. For the schools. Like, for yeah. my future. And, like, what if, you know, like, what if I do pot and then I get addicted and then I, like, don't study and then I don't get good grades? Like, yeah. I feel like that whole good grades slash good job, like, <laughs> vision really, like, informed a lot of my choices. And I remember in college, like, the, like, our dorm floor or whatever, like, they split kind of into two groups. So there was like one group that was like the pot people and like like, they would like hot box and like the gross Mm. communal bathrooms. Um, They would make like pot brownies. Like that's all they would do. And then there was the rest of us that was like, hey, like want to go to the library on a Friday night? Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, like let's go get some snacks. Like, um, or like go see a movie and like go to bed by 10. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I just want to say my parents were really lucky. I was studying like an Atlantic, Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, that Atlantic Mm -hmm. Ocean away. I'm like 19 years old. I'm away from home for the first time. And I am in bed by 10 o'clock after spending Friday night at the library. It's so good. (laughs) I feel like they were really lucky. And I would just like a few more like medals or flowers or like some sort of recognition. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I want yeah. a bit more like, yeah, we appreciate yeah. that. We appreciate that as like a 19 year old, you didn't do pot. I think um, I yeah. wasn't so concerned about like the brain cells. I just didn't want to be in trouble ever. <laughs> like I just didn't want to be in trouble. I know. I hated that too. I just, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I wasn't afraid of underage drinking. I no. think because in the US it's um, 21 and I okay. thought that was ridiculous. I mean, I, I still think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I just... Once I hit 18, I was like, I have no qualms about this whatsoever. Yeah. Even though yeah. I could have gotten in trouble, for whatever reason, that didn't bother me. But any other rule breaking, mm. I didn't like it. Mm. Like, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Even if it was, like, the security guard, I was like, no, I can't be in trouble. No. Like, I can't. Nope. And I think that's definitely related to our, like, anxious personalities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. No, I hated breaking rules, too. Like, I remember one time, again, when I was a child, um, I was trying <laughs> – 
like, I was trying, like, I think we had some, like, coloring exercise or something, and I was really into drawing within the lines. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, like, I remember being, like, super slow and everyone else was done because they were, like, scribbling all over the place, like, willy-nilly. And, like, and I was like, no, I, these, this has to be perfect. <laughs> it has to be within the lines. And I remember I got yelled at because I wasn't <gasps> finishing quickly enough and my teacher no. was just like, just get it done. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm doing no. it within the lines. How can one be yelled at for coloring? Right. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> come on. Yes, I'm a little bitter about this. But yeah, no, I definitely loved rules yeah. and being within the lines. I am not an outside the box kind of girl. <laughs> like, no. love the box. Well, it's cozy But box. I do think... This goes back to, like, what would I say to 18-year-old Meredith? Mm. I think I was within the lines for a really long time. Like, I was definitely, like, super rule follower in mm. high school and, like, maybe a little bit in college. And then when I hit 21, I was just like, <laughs> forget it. Like, I went to the opposite end of the spectrum where mm. I was like, I am moving across the ocean and mm. I am going to do whatever I want. Mm. And I – like, not that I became irresponsible or didn't no. go to work or, like, did drugs. I didn't do any of those things. But I just didn't – feel as I don't know why I didn't mm. feel as stressed out about it anymore mm. I was just like I can't like literally I can't handle it anymore I can't mm. follow the rules anymore or my mm. brain will explode and then I just like went the other way but I feel like even though like even your rule breaking like, it's probably quote, unquote, very good <laughs> was like done very well like within like adult parameters you are absolutely <laughs> right <laughs> like, no but that's still good I mean I think it's really amazing that you were just like no like I just want to experience things and live things and and yeah maybe you're right like I feel like again in our parallel lives like like despite like the anxiety and rule following like I also was a bit like okay I'm gonna go study in Canada I want to live in London and then after that I got this job in Sweden I think I like I didn't even think about really like uh, they were like do you want to move to Stockholm like for this job and I was like Where's Stockholm? Oh, it's in Sweden. Like, okay, like let's figure it out. And like, yeah, see. obviously your anxiety didn't stop you from no. doing that, which is huge. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people without anxiety wouldn't have done that. No, that's true. They would true. have been like, no, oh my god, I don't know the culture, I don't know the mm. language. So it's like, in some ways, it yes. probably holds you back, and in other ways, you're you're really brave. You too. I mean, like both of us. Well, well we felt prepared because we had our anxiety <laughs> checklist. <laughs> <laughs> we spent our whole lives feeling like stressed out and uncomfortable situations just existing. So I feel like, it was like why not do it in Sweden? <laughs> like, why not just do it in Sweden where like we don't speak the language and there's a lot of <laughs> roles. Did I tell you I registered with the U.S. Embassy? <laughs> no. You can tell the U.S. Embassy or is it the U.S. Embassy? You can like tell the United States government that you live abroad. Okay. You can like register mm. that you are abroad. And yeah. I get email updates about like things to look out for. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like I mean, I almost unsubscribed because they were producing anxiety. (laughs) But they were like, um, because I had it in my head that if something happened, like a Mm. disaster, like that they they would helicopter in and get me out. Yes. And my dad was like, no. No. Like they would. They don't do that? He was like, that seems pretty unreasonable. Like there's so many, there's probably thousands of Americans around the world. Like they wouldn't actually deploy people to get them all out. I don't know. I don't know. But like, that's what I had in my head. Like, yeah. I'm going to register so that yeah. they know to come get me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the whole point. 
point of being an American citizen is they would like pull out all the stops to like get the Americans back home. I think. Have I seen too many action movies? I think I was thinking the same thing. I was yeah. picturing like the Navy SEALs <laughs> coming and getting me out yes. of whatever situation I was in. And, and Meredith, I don't think we've that's. We've got you. Yeah, like, basically. I've thought you're about this. Like, and I was going like, home. Would they take my cat when they came <laughs> to get me? Like, like, can I bring friends? Um, can I come? I don't think the. Turkish government do all that much to like. I don't know. Like, well, I don't think the U.S. would be. I really don't know. Meredith, we're stuck in Sweden in case of a disaster. <laughs> we are going like, to be here. Speaking of disasters, did we have this conversation? Um, yeah, like I feel like the Swedish armed forces have been sending out these, or at least they brought some to our, my job last year. These like how to sur- survive a war situation. Yes. Yeah. They did. <laughs> These like booklets. <laughs> they mailed it to everyone and it translated to when the war comes. When the war comes. Which is very like, it's happening. It's happening and I feel very ill prepared for it. Like I feel like we really need to start like <sighs> stockpiling things. I have like a can of coconut milk. Like that's We do it. because the, like one of the pages is a list of things you should always have in your house. Like, I in, have none of them. You should have it in a bag ready yes. to go in case you have to run to like um, a shelter because there's yes. war. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like um, canned food and cash and like a lighter and like matches. And I've always been like, you know what? One day I'm just going to go get all these things and I still haven't done it. Meredith, we need to book a day. Like we I, need to actually I want, book a I day. really want to do it. <laughs> like do it. I have none of those things. And like I was – have you researched where your nearest bunker is? I do, I do know where my nearest bunker is. <laughs> Of course we know where our nearest yeah. bunker is. I know where my... Yes, of course. Like, I wish we lived closer so they could be the same bunker. Uh, we're, but... We're not far. We're not far. Other, we could like, visit, like, visit the bunkers. But, like, didn't we talk... Or I don't know about your bunker, but I was reading that, like, the maximum capacity for my bunker is, like, 30 people or something. Like, some ridiculously small number. This and is I'm, true. And I'm like, how are we all going to fit in there? And I am not above, like, murdering people to get into <laughs> I have thought about this because our friend, yeah, of course, we thought about it. Our friend was telling us, like, look up your nearest bunker, yeah. and she was saying, get there quickly because there is a capacity limit. <laughs> and then I was scared that they would be like, I don't know, you you have to have a skill that you bring, like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to bring to the table if we let you into the bunker? What are you going to bring? Apocalypse. I'm- I was going to be like, I can knit us all sweaters. <laughs> I have nothing. You're really good at macrame. I know, but like what? (laughs) Yeah, if it gets to be winter, I can grab the knitting supplies and make us scarves. Like that's literally all I can contribute. I feel like I'm pretty like an up, well, despite my anxiety and being a little bit like dark and twisty on the inside, but like I feel like I can entertain people with funny stories. Yeah. You could also be a translator. That's true. Because you speak, don't you speak some French as well? I speak like a little bit of high school French, Turkish English. Yeah. Swedish. I really need to get like the other Turkish people in the bunker. Because like, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be so boring if it's just like not that many like foreigners. So, we can, like, we can teach everyone other languages. Other languages. I don't know. We can teach them cool stuff. Because if there was really a situation where it was like, I we have, have no X skills. many people, I'd be like, I want the... I don't know the. I want to. I don't even know what the skills are that you would want. Like I would want a professional hunter, a hunter, a professional like builder. Build I would architect. Exactly. Some, like some people. Oh, people who work with like water purifying. Like I feel like that's an important. Yeah, skill. I would want these 
people in the bunker with me <laughs> for sure <laughs> okay so i feel like do you watch the walking dead at all i watched three seasons <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like i don't know if he was in the first three seasons but there's this like one guy who's like super out of shape and like really doesn't have that many physical skills but he's super smart oh and he like has manip- he like manipulated people into like protecting him by pretending he knew where there was like a solution to the zombie outbreak oh. i feel like i'm gonna be that guy that's my plan i'm just gonna manipulate people into <laughs> Like, <laughs> into like protecting me and allowing me a space in the bunker. But there was a. Um, I have no hard skills. Like history or discovery channel of like what a zombie apocalypse would be like. Like what would people do for real? And they were interviewing a guy who was a doctor and he was like, rule number one is if you're a doctor, don't tell anyone you're a doctor. <gasps> really? Because yeah. you will be taken for like kidnapped. You will be kidnapped. <gasps> oh like my people God. will need doctors so badly yeah. that you will be like targeted. Not Not killed, but like. We're going to keep you in here because we need a doctor. So he was like, I wouldn't tell anyone. Like, I would just not tell anyone. Well, in that case, like, it's good that we don't have any, like, in-demand skills. We're not going to get kidnapped. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really good at an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) I can make a list of things we have. I can do inventory. No, but that's really it. Meredith. Yeah, I know. So I thought about that, too. That's a really good. That's good. I need. We need to start. That packet got mailed out to literally everyone in Sweden. And yeah. I remember going to work the next day being like, okay, well, who's concerned? And nobody was. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this isn't like my anxiety. This is like, this is real. Why aren't we all freaking out about <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, it's not anxiety. It's like an actual booklet from the Swedish armed forces. And they're literally like... There's going to be a war. I like, mean, here's right? a booklet. We've told you to prepare yourselves. You have nobody else to blame. Sometimes I think it's everyone else that we should be worried about because <laughs> they are not taking this seriously yes! enough. Yes. Yes. No, we need to book a day for like doing our supply shopping and like getting some knife skills. I don't know. And I don't like, think it's expensive stuff. No. It's like it's literally like, a can opener and a lighter and like the beans. that's it. Yeah. And like some can bottles of water. I also don't have any cash on me at home. No. 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 Like, our friend, um, she lost her phone and wallet on the same day. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I remember, like, having an entire conversation about this because it was, like, like, what do you do without your phone and, like, your credit card? No, you like, can't do anything. No, you can't do anything. You just go home and then what do you do? Like, you can't get money. You can't. Um, so I've been thinking about that a lot recently as well. But, yes, with the Swedish Armed Forces thing, we need to go get cash. But would cash have any value in that scenario? I'm not entirely like, is it more yeah. valuable to have, like, arrows or something? Exactly. I think the new currency would be, like, antibiotics. Yes! <gasps> we need to start stockpiling antibiotics. I would grab my entire pharmacy Farm- basket <laughs> and then go in. That's our skill. Yes. I have cold medicine. Like This that's... is another thing we've discovered with Meredith is that we're both pharma- like pharmacy yes. stockpilers. Yes. <laughs> Like, and like, we like to go to the doctor a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, if I suspect that, I mean, maybe it's hypochondria. I don't know. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, no. Yes, yes. Like, mm-hmm. being a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I, like, very rarely do I go, and they are like, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, <laughs> it, that has happened. Mm-hmm. I can think of two times it's happened, mm-hmm. where I thought I was sick and I wasn't. Mm. But most of the times, they're like, yeah. The thing you thought you had, you have. You have, yeah. But I still feel like I go more often than everybody else. I think you and I are definitely much more... And I guess I've noticed this in both Turkish and American culture. Like, I think we're much more, um, like, happy to go to the doctor, like, mm-hmm. just to fix things. Yeah. So I feel like in Sweden... 
I guess they have this very like stiff lip, like tough it out. You don't have to go to the doctor unless you're actually dying, kind of. Yeah. Or at least that's what I noticed with my colleagues and my friends. I don't know about you. But like I had an ex-boyfriend who had had this like lump on his <laughs> forearm for like years. And like it was just like there. And I was like, well, like, what is it? Like, is yeah, it like, <laughs> like good question. And he was like, oh, it's just been there for a while. And I'm like, have you not? And he's like, I've never been to the doctor. He's never been. To- and, and did he, he go? Like, and like at my like urging and nagging, and I feel like he got so I guess the cost benefit of like not going because I I kept being like, are you gonna go to the doctor? Are you gonna go to the doctor? Doctor, doctor, like lump doctor. But he was finally like, I'm gonna go just so she like shuts up about it. And it did turn out to be benign, and there was nothing wrong with him. It was like some sort of fat lump. But like we didn't know that. Like now we know. But we have a common friend will tell you who after the podcast so I don't want to say their name <laughs> yeah. on our podcast but his same thing his ex-girlfriend like felt a lump and he ignored it for a long time and she demanded that he go and he was sick <gasps> and like it saved him was he yes. really yeah so right? I I totally believe in going to the doctor yes but I'm like they're, they're, their job is to help no definitely That's I like mean I think it's great you yeah. should be in tune with like your body and what's going on I think yeah. it's very smart and healthcare here is so cheap as well so like I don't understand yeah but, I mean yeah. I think it's I'm, I believe in proactive healthcare instead of reactive healthcare. <laughs> yes. Like I take vitamins mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. try to exercise and I try to like check up. Like if I could get my blood work done once a year, I would do it just yeah. so I could be like, oh, my like thyroid's off. Like, yeah. yeah. No, mm-hmm. I believe in it. But I mean, I know this is our first podcast, but I was thinking we should bring something educational to each one. Right. And I was just thinking, um, so my mom is a therapist, but she's mostly like a family therapist. Mm-hmm. But I do... Sometimes I call on her for anxiety advice, and sometimes Mm. I say, like, I do not want therapy advice right now. Mm. Like, sometimes I'm like, don't be therapy mom. Mm. Be normal mom. (laughs) But she has patients with hypochondriac – is that the right word? Like, feelings? Like, Mm. yeah, they're hypochondriacs. And if I ever have health anxiety, she tells me that she tells all of them – that if they're ever tempted to Google their symptoms <gasps> on WebMD, they have to Google hypochondriac first. Oh, I love that. They have like, and I've never done it. She's always like, Meredith, you know, just Google the symptoms of being mm-hmm. a hypochondriac. Then you're allowed to Google it. Like she's not telling them they can't. can't. No. She's just saying the first search has to be hypochondriac. Or then... maybe it was anxiety. I think it's hypochondriac. Mm. The second thing you can search for is like dots on my skin oh my god yeah what is the thinking behind that then like because they realize like they become self-aware that they're being hypochondriac i guess they become yeah more familiar with the symptoms of being a hypochondriac okay so they can like say to themselves it's maybe maybe i'm overreacting kind Mm. of a thing but Mm. i've actually never googled the symptoms of being a hypochondriac so i was always like that's silly i don't want to do that but it's probably very good advice that i'm just not should we google it we could. We could. Can't we? <laughs> I'm going to Google it because I'm curious. But I thought that was interesting <laughs> that advice. That is really like, interesting you advice. Know, she's like, not telling them not to. No. Because they probably will do it no matter what. Anyway. But she's like, first Google. Yeah. Hel- no, they have to Google health anxiety is what they have to Google. Oh, we probably have that. I don't think we're like... I mean, not to self-diagnose us. I don't think we're hypochondriacs through and but through. But I think we but have I health anxiety. We have health anxiety. That sounds like a much more like... Like friendlier term. Yeah. No, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, can I look at the yeah. symptoms? We can edit out some of these parts. Sure. <laughs> Looking for the sim- health anxiety. Oh, it's like a lot of writing. Uh, I just wanted a bullet point list. I know. 
I wanted a WebMD <laughs> bullet point list. Well, anyway, probably it's who we are. <laughs> but, oh, oh, my plant. There's like a lot of plans for always worried about your health. You may be dealing with health anxiety disorder. Oh. Ooh, yes. Mm. I'm like worried about my health all the time, but at the same time. Ooh, okay. Is it health anxiety? So, how do you know if you're sick or if you're just anxious about being sick? Here are some telltale signs of health anxiety. You have no symptoms but still fear that you are sick. Okay. I mean, that's a good question. Like, are these real symptoms? But, like, yeah. Like, what is – I mean, how do you know what's a real symptom or not, though? Like, what if you're like, oh, my tummy hurts, but, like, you're like – don't you think, like, people sometimes – I think it's more like – Like, shun away or push away – Stuff. No, I agree. I think people don't pay attention to their symptoms, but, yeah. but I think it's more like, I'm sure I have cancer, and then someone's like, why? And oh, then you're like, yeah. I don't know. I don't I have just... any symptoms. Okay. Yeah. Mm. All right. That's okay. That's a good one. When a do- And the second one is, when a doctor reassures you that you don't have an illness or a test shows you're healthy, it doesn't relieve your nervousness. <laughs> oh, that's that's interesting. It yeah. relieves my nervousness when my doctor tells me I'm okay. Yeah. That's I why feel we so like, much better. I feel like that's why we like seek out these doctors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another symptom is you find yourself constantly seeking health information online. Ooh, I do that. <laughs> yes. I was really proud. Like, I think in the fall when I had shingles, I diagnosed mm. myself. It can be like, helpful. It can be helpful. Because then when I went to the doctor, I was like, I think I have shingles. And she was like, yes. So I kind of did her job for her. <laughs> I think it's been both detrimental and very good for me. Yeah. Because sometimes I've really, I have diagnosed the problem and sometimes I've made it snowball. <laughs> freaked out yeah (laughs) um but yeah no it's definitely like probably more detrimental more of the no it's more detrimental most of the time yeah you know what i mean Mm. um and then if you read a news story about a disease you start worrying that you have it i can definitely be like that i'll be like oh do i have thyroid problems like i've gained weight like it must be my thyroid and it's like no it's just been like watching netflix and eating snacks like so i've definitely done that interesting Mm -hmm. i or like yeah um I don't know if I do that, but I wouldn't be surprised if I did. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't think of a time where I have. Have, but. But at the same time, probably what I did is I was like, I, oh, I'm not familiar with that disease. Mm. And then I Googled it. And then I was like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. And then I forgot about it. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. As opposed to like the, I definitely have this. Yeah. I'm dying. Goodbye. Um, And I guess the last symptom is like. Your worries about your health are interfering with your life, family, work, or hobbies and activities. No, maybe we're okay, Meredith. Yeah, and maybe it does it say like if you exhibit three out of five or anything like that, or is it just some of them? No, these are just some of them. But I bet if you one of them. I bet if you really struggle with health anxiety, just reading that list, yes, could that would could almost make you feel better. Definitely. Because you like, could be like, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. sick. I just have anxiety. Like, yeah. that's the problem. I think that's such, I think this goes back to your mom's advice. Like, I yeah. think it's like kind of rem- in my, the way I interpreted it, interpreted it was that like, it reminds you like, okay, like these are not real. Like, yeah. da, da, da. like and then you have like a little like flow chart or something. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, no, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, but that's good advice. And I really yeah. do. Yeah. I appreciate the effort to make our podcast more educational. Yeah, yeah. I feel like to make people tune in, they, we've got to teach them something. How long has it been? It's been about like forty minutes. Should we see if we're recording this for real? Yeah. 
would be uh, so annoyed uh, if it didn't save. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Pause. Recorded. It was recording. Yes. That is, that's so exciting. It's a very successful first podcast, I think. I think so. We yeah. hope you think so as well. Yeah. We want feedback. We want to hear thoughts. Give us your feedback. Email us at... Oh, no. We can say our email later. Mm, okay. I don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> Tales from the amygdala at gmail.com. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, and we officially have a podcast title. We are Tales from the Amygdala with Meredith and Zainab. Tune in soon. Tune in soon for more funny tales of anxiety. <laughs> if you can laugh at it, it's not that bad. Exactly. Ooh, <laughs> it's a good tagline. That's our tagline. That's I like that. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye.